They always want to see us down, never come around. But you gon' witness greatness when I come and snatch your crown. See, I ain't never been the type of way to mess around. Cause I'm all about my business and I move without a sound. Queens work in silence, trying to stop the violence. Cause I'm killing my goals, here's my story, you're invited. Hey, and welcome to another episode of Pink Lemonade, an original podcast by the Skinny Black Girls Code. My name is Whitney B, and I am your host. And today I want to ask you, is your personal open door policy jeopardizing your solitude? Hmm. Find out what I mean in today's brand new episode. Keep it locked. Hey everyone and welcome to another episode of Pink Lemonade. Today is January 13th, 2018 and somehow we are almost midway through the month. It's crazy how time flies, right? Sometimes it can feel like you never have enough hours of the day, but on the contrary, it's all a matter of how you manage your time. The better you manage your day, the more productive and satisfied you can ultimately feel. But let me ask y'all this, how much of your day is consumed by spending time amongst other people? Granted, it is a healthy thing and natural thing for others to be around us, but how often do you prioritize solitude? You know, alone time, me time, no boyfriend, no girlfriend, no friends, no pets, no friends, no social media time. It took a long time for me to really understand the value of having solitude and understanding what its benefits are. I'm 27 now, but in my early 20s, and really, honestly, between the ages of 16 to 20, I was always so scared to be alone, right? I literally spent every weekend with my friends or just other people because being by myself became this foreign concept. It's so funny because I'm the youngest of five kids on my mother's side, so you would think that I would always be used to being by myself. At that point in my life, it was fine. However, as I grew up and started to make friends, I desired to be around my peers more and with myself less. It was a lot more fun to watch movies or go to the mall with a friend rather than just do it by myself. Over the years, I began to mistakenly associate being alone with loneliness. If I was by myself, it meant that I didn't have any friends or life, so I will always try to stay in the mix and spend as little time by myself as possible and also make myself available and disposable if people were down to do things or wanted to talk because being alone has such a negative connotation. So as I look back at making myself available, I realized that I essentially was practicing a personal open-door policy. Now, for everyone who lives that corporate America life, y'all know what's up. For those of us who are not familiar, an open-door policy basically allows employees to access upper management to express their concerns. Now, the purpose of it is to make sure that management is accessible and ultimately is to promote transparency and open communication. In theory, it sounds good, but in real life, having an open door policy has its consequences. So I did a little bit of research and I found that in a study from the University of California, Gloria Mark, a professor of informatics, found that when someone is interrupted, it takes them an average of 25 minutes to fully return to a task after being interrupted. I mean, and on top of that, the research doesn't even tell you how the interruptions affect someone's quality of work. And so on top of that, Another thing that happens is when you have an open door policy, people become dependent on managers to make a decision. So granted, people know how to do their job, but not everyone likes to make decisions. So when you have an open door policy, it sometimes makes the manager the go-to for everything. And sometimes it's, it's the go-to for things where you don't even necessarily need their feedback. On a personal side, I realize that many of us have an open door policy. Whether you believe it or not, you have inadvertently created an open door policy that impedes on your growth. 
Now, you have to make a commitment to plan your piece and ultimately use yes sparingly, especially if it's going to infringe on your alone time. A couple of days ago, I had a conversation with a girlfriend. Her name is Adrian, and she lives in Florida. And so she brought up this great point. So Adrian's a little older than I am. She's about 32-ish. So when she was in her early 20s, she often felt like people made her feel obligated to have them in her space when she needed alone time. And you have to realize that you can't always let everybody in your space all the time. Sometimes we agree to allowing others to be around us and unconsciously don't factor in the time and effort and energy that it takes to be around other people. So, I mean, all the time I I have a friend who will say, can I come over? Do you have time to talk? And, you know, me not thinking about it, I'm like, yeah, sure. Why not? Or it doesn't matter. But at the end of the day, you have to realize that the energy equity that you invest in other people can be depleting and it ultimately prevents you from having the energy to focus on your own thoughts and feelings once they leave or hang up the phone. So it's critical to know that just because people want to be in your space, you don't always have to give them permission to do it. They'll be all right because at the end of the day, you can't support others if you're not in a place of feeling 100%. Once I really realized the value of being alone, I had to understand why I was so anti-meantime. So I think being alone was a negative experience for me because I had a hard time thinking for myself or thinking in a way that promoted positivity and personal growth. So when I was a teenager in my early 20s, I went through a lot of different just traumatic events that I frankly never wanted to think about. So even when I was actually alone, I tried my best to distract myself. I would listen to music, watch Netflix, watch TV, play around on my phone and do everything that I could do to avoid my thoughts. Now, while I was successfully you know, overcome those issues and had the opportunity to reflect, those were issues that lingered up until a few years ago. And that is really when I learned the value of being alone. So being alone was no longer an undesirable task because it became necessary for me to get clarity and growth. And you probably wonder how. So, well, first I had to learn the difference between isolation and solitude because there is a difference. Now, solitude is totally different from loneliness. And simply solitude is the state of being alone without being lonely. So in other words, it's something that you consciously choose to do so you can create a positive and constructive state of engagement with yourself. Now, on the flip side, when you're lonely or when you're, you know, being by yourself, sometimes it's a negative state and it's marked by a sense of being isolated. So basically you can feel like something is missing, you know, and a great point to point out when you're lonely, you can even be with people and feel like you're alone. So essentially, again, just to kind of mark the difference between the two, solitude is literally the state of being alone without being lonely. So if you've ever constantly surrounded yourself with people to avoid being by yourself, or if you made yourself so accessible with an open door policy that you never give yourself personal time, ask yourself why. Why are you so afraid to be alone? I say all this in today's episode to help you learn the value of solitude because it truly gives you an opportunity to rediscover yourself and assess life without the immediate influence of other people around you. There are so many studies that suggest that the ability to tolerate alone time can make you happier, lead to better satisfaction in life, and ultimately improve your stress. So before I hop off the podcast, I want to leave you with a few benefits of solitude, as well as some of the things that I have personally done to gain a sense of inner peace. First things first, you have to understand that me times allow you to hear your own thoughts and feelings. So the great Oprah Winfrey once said, alone time is when I distance myself from the voices of the world so I can hear my own. And that is so true. On average, we're hustling and bustling every day. Now, while you might have little 
pieces and little short windows of time here and there to reminisce or to daydream, you may never truly have time to tap into your thoughts. We live in a culture where social media and mainstream media has some influence over our thought process and how we feel about ourselves in the world. I don't know about y'all. I know that uh, Facebook recently released a statement about um, changing up your timelines because there have been numerous studies done that talks about how when we scroll through our timeline, it could ultimately affect our self-esteem and the way we feel about ourselves. So, you know, it's important to disconnect, not just from social media, but from others. And it's important to seek solitude so you can start to identify your thoughts and to make sure that they are truly your own thoughts. So in other words, when people remove themselves from around other people, they're better to able see how they're shaped by other people. So in other words, when you take yourself away from a certain environment, you'll be better to eventually assess how that environment affects you. So again, seeking solitude allows you to get in tap in, to get in tune with who you are and ultimately tell you um, if your thoughts are being influenced by others. And if it is being influenced by others, it allows you that opportunity to develop your own thought process. Another great reason for spending alone time or me time. Solitude promotes better relationships with others. So by getting to know yourself, you start to set the standard for how you want to be treated. And ultimately, you make a deeper sense of gratitude for the relationships you have or you don't have. Because at the end of the day, um, you know, when you're so caught up and so consumed with other people, you really don't have time to really reflect on yourselves. And if you're not being the best version of yourselves, it's very hard for you to have positive relationships with others. So it's very important to kind of separate yourself sometimes. So that way you can evaluate those relationships, make sure that they are healthy relationships in your life. And if they are, really figure out how you can better contribute to those. So again, um, really taking alone time and spending time by yourself can promote better relationships with others. Now, for all of my creatives or people who are kind of in that creative space, I work in media, so, you know, I'm always constantly trying to create. Solitude can really help promote creativity. So, you know, it's no... Uh, it's no mistake and it is definitely a reason why people go to the woods or to the mountains to write or to paint or to write a book. Sometimes self-inflicted silence can be our greatest inspiration to create. Now, when your mind is cluttered or you have competing thoughts about other things, it can be really complicated to be creative. I know that just from personal experience. I do graphic design. I edit videos. And when my mind is bothered with other things, it can take me forever to actually create something or to come up with a concept. So if you've been hitting a rough block, Make sure that you go somewhere by yourself to regain that inspiration. Um, one final point, solitude allows you to feel in control of your life. Have you ever just been somewhere with some with someone and you're like, man, I wish I went somewhere by myself because <laughs> every time that you go somewhere by yourself, you always feel like that you have to adjust yourself to be amongst other people, right? When you're around other people, you feel like you have to modify yourself to make other people feel comfortable. When you spend me time or alone time by yourself, you don't have to modify anything. You can do what you want to do without the influence of other people who are around you. So you can be unapologetic and do the things that make you the most happy and that ultimately is one of the biggest things that you definitely want to do. So, you know, if you feel like that you're losing control of your life or you feel like, you know, everyone's kind of dictating what you're doing, get that alone time and make sure you use it wisely doing the things that you ultimately want to do. Now, 
you might be thinking, okay, you know, solitude is good, but you know, realistically with how do I seek solitude? So you can seek solitude in a couple of different ways. One of them um, is a way that you probably can do every day. So when you go to work, what do you do? You, you work, right? Obviously, but you have a lunch break. And when you go on your lunch break, you know, you don't have to go out to eat with other people. You don't have to go do anything. You can use that lunch break as an opportunity and as a way to reflect. So um, essentially, you know, a lot of times, you know, we do the whole group lunch thing because we want to network because we want to get ahead and work and everything else. And while these are good networking strategies, you have to sometimes take the time to learn how to tap into your inner network, you know, into yourself so that you are more in tune with who you are. So utilize your lunch breaks at work, you know, whether you have 30 minutes or an hour, just taking that time for yourself and not allowing other people to consume that space will ultimately be a, a great way for you to seek solitude, at least in the middle of the day. Um, one thing, um, especially one thing is my favorite, going out of town by yourself. So last year I had the opportunity to go to Miami by myself. I went to Chicago and if, and, and even New Orleans for one day. Um, <laughs> I had someone that I was traveling with, but she got delayed. So I was in New Orleans for that one day by myself. And it was amazing. When you travel by yourself, you have a peace of mind because again, you don't have people around you saying, oh, we should do this or we shouldn't do that. And it it ultimately gives you a greater sense of independence. Um, I definitely recommend going out of town by yourself, just seeing how other people live, you know, seeing how you can interact without other people being around you. Another point, another way to ultimately seek solitude is to maximize late nights and early mornings. So one thing that I love to do, um, I love to meditate when I can. I, I'm I, like I'm not gonna pretend that I'm perfect. Sometimes I just don't have the time. Sometimes I wake up and I just start working. I don't think about me. I think about getting stuff done for the day. But meditation and reading before you go to bed or when you wake up first thing in the morning can make a world of difference on your focus. I remember in December 2016, I was trying to get more of my spiritual tip, and one of the things that I wanted to do was to wake up every day and read the Bible. So I did kind of like this 30 day challenge. So every day I looked up a scripture. I researched it. I took notes and then I just prayed. I just talked to God for a long time. And when I did that, I saw a significant impact on my attitude and how I felt about the day. Because not to say that I'm an angry person, but I, I felt like I didn't have any worries once I did that. So you really have to figure out what are those activities that help make you feel whole and dedicate those hours to them. So again, you know, like especially like if you have kids or if you have a tight schedule, utilize those late nights and those early mornings because it can make a world of a difference in how you feel about yourself. And then ultimately learning how to communicate the needs of solitude so under other people can understand you. So my husband is a great example of this. So my husband is an introvert. Jerome loves to be by himself. He's one of those people where like he has friends, right? Like he's from Philadelphia. He has friends. He can go a year without talking to his friends and be cool because he's good at learning how to be by himself. It's not that he's lonely. He just really loves his personal space. And so when he does that and when he has his personal space, that is how he recharges himself. And for me, that used to drive me crazy because I used to be the kind of person where I wanted to be around people all the time. And I can never understand why Jerome wanted to go to the gym by himself or just get lost in his headphones and watch YouTube videos. Those are the things that brought him happiness and brought him peace. And as his wife and as his girlfriend at one point, I had to really learn that was him. And that was a part of his recharge process. So if you have people around you who don't know how to uh, stop being in your personal space, you have to help them understand that you need that me time. So again, you can have those better relationships with them. 
Now, uh, another thing that's really important is your intuition, right? So if your intuition or if your body tells you that you need it, pay attention. Pay attention to those signs and follow it because there's been so many times where I've declined invitations to go places or to be a part of stuff because I entered this season of my life where I felt like I needed to be by myself to gain clarity or had feelings of overwhelm or anxiety take over my body. And ultimately that forced me to rise solo. Sometimes me time is unscheduled, so you can't always schedule it. And sometimes it boils down to an unexpected gut feeling. So if the need to be alone pops up, take it seriously and don't take it for granted. Sometimes our body tells us things that we have not yet caught up to mentally. So I know I referenced Oprah earlier in this podcast, but since she is the GOAT, the greatest of all time, um, I want to conclude and really let you all leave with this. Intention is one with cause and effect. Attention determines outcome. And if you are stuck and not moving forward, you have to check the thought and action that created the circumstance. Oprah Winfrey. How are you intentionally going to live your best life with solitude? While we might, may not always be able to control our circumstances, we can stay ahead of them with self-reflection and an evaluation of where we are now, where we want to be, and how we'll get there. Thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Pink Lemonade. Be sure to let me know what you think of today's episode by commenting or leaving a review in iTunes. And be sure to subscribe to SoundCloud, Google Play, or Apple Podcasts. And please let me know how you will seek me time this week by tweeting us or hitting us up on Instagram at SBG Code. Once again, my name is Whitney B, and I hope to see you next week.